chapter ten of the house of mystery by richard marsh this librivox recording is in the public domain the betrothal in the music-room there was quite a crowd the sun slanted through the stained-glass windows throwing splashes of colour upon the parquet floor lending to the place something of a church-like atmosphere an appearance however which the bearing and behaviour of the persons who passed to and fro amid the lights and shadows hardly emphasised the tale had been told last night at the duchess of Colmshire's ball and the marshness of filey's dinner at lady loon's reception it had gone the round of the clubs been talked of in the house had even found its way into the papers we are able to announce said the morning post that a marriage has been arranged between the earl of staines and his cousin miss maud dorincourt it will without doubt be the wedding of the season the bride will not only bring a great fortune to her husband but her beauty is unique she is probably the loveliest young lady of her age some say of any age in the world we understand that the betrothal will take place at staines house this afternoon at the express desire of the dowager countess the function will be semi-public time had not been lost informal cards had been sent out that same evening to such of the fanshawe clan whose presence was desired on the morrow the countess was all agog to see the dream of her life consummated ere its close her matrimonial schemes had met with many a rebuff and one hideous failure but victory was crowning them at last and she was desirous that all the world should learn the fact and on the instant there she was in her great armchair on an impromptu six-inch high platform which had been raised in the centre of the room bent double her yellow claws clutching at the arms her great eyes travelling shrewdly hither and thither and in particular glowering at the people who came to pay her compliments and offer her congratulations scant were the words she uttered in acknowledgment and each was barbed she belonged to a period when the language used was stronger and tongues were rougher than they are supposed to be to-day besides one forgives all manner of rudeness in a lady who has seen a century extraordinary old woman declared lady penelope miradu sir jasper is an offshoot of the cadet branch of the fanshawes she's been at the girl to marry staines ever since she first set eyes on her for my part from what i know of the young lady and the old one i shouldn't be surprised if pressure of a curious sort has not been brought to bear upon at least one of the contracting parties the girl's stark mad returned mrs trefusis yarmouth to whom the observation was addressed she's the most insolent creature i ever met and conceited she's eaten up by it i pity staines but then it's always been my conviction that all the fanshawes are mad thank you my dear perhaps you forget that my husband is one of them the other shrugged her shoulders so's mr trefusis yarmouth and i'm sure i tell him often enough that he's stark mad the honourable dudley fennel exchanged a few remarks with mr reginald fanshawe so it has happened i thought you told me that it never would it never will 
mr fennel eyed him curiously reginald spoke with an easy lightness which seemed to suggest that he himself was assured of the truth of what he said and as if he found the entire business most amusing it's all very well for you to stick to your fancy and of course i'm perfectly well aware that the marriage will put your nose most uncommonly out of joint and that you'll do your level best to prevent its ever coming off but it seems to me that you've precious little to go upon there is more in every situation than meets the public eye what the deuce do you mean by that what may you happen to be driving at hasn't the girl thrown up the sponge and knuckled down to stains i doubt it then what the devil have we been all brought here for to assist in an act of a little comedy that's all dudley fennel stared you're pleased to speak in riddles can't you say straight out what you mean to me do you wish me to understand that the girl has not agreed to marry stains i'll put it in this way i'll lay you two to one in anything you please that maud dorincourt has not said she'll marry stains make a note of the exact wording of the bet and i'll take you again at the same price that she never will and why on earth have we been brought here to witness their betrothal ah that's another question which you must address to my dear old granny or to the saintly stains the bishop of fulham was there and a couple of canons and three or four parsons of lesser degree it seems as if the dowager designed to throw a religious flavour over the affair the bishop went up to stains and took him by the hand i congratulate you from the bottom of my heart it gives me the greatest pleasure to be here on so auspicious an occasion and one so pregnant with the promise of future happiness the earl's brown face was glowing an unusual light was in his eyes his ordinary gravity seemed to be in eclipse as if the sun of that happiness of which the bishop spoke had come in front of it it's very good of you to say so i can assure you that if love sanctifies marriage mine will have a certain consecration never man loved woman better than i love my wife that is to be the bishop who had some intimate acquaintance with the speaker was struck by his buoyant tone and by a certain flamboyant quality in the words he used which was scarcely in keeping with his general reserve yet hardly suspected him of a capacity to talk with such outspokenness of loving anything or any one you must show us an example of one of those marriages which are not failures i promise it sorrow may come and disappointment and material worries but i undertake to guarantee that happiness shall stay with my wife and me whatever steals in at the door the bishopric had as much matrimonial experience as any one felt that this man was unduly sanguine having some knowledge of miss dorincourt he would have been very far from willing to undertake a personal guarantee of the sort to which the speaker referred above all he was amazed to learn that the earl seemed possessed of bumps of devotion and of faith with which he had never for a moment credited him up in the gallery the organ was being played the piece being an odd stormy irregular thing an impromptu possibly of the performer's own scarcely in touch with the occasion full of fire and fury with nothing in it of that strain of joy and jubilation which one is apt to associate with the sound of wedding bells signor bianchi was the player he played as if he were ushering in a scene of strife bloodshed murder every note he sounded seemed to be a shriek of rage on a stool at his side but facing him so that he leaned with his back against the instrument was another man who seemed to derive considerable entertainment from the passion of bianchi's playing he kept addressing to him little satirical remarks 
as if he found it impossible to keep his enjoyment holding to himself that is a tender little thing you play it is very soothing you breathe forth the spirit of perfect peace on a sudden the instrument burst into a very hurricane of sound there now you distill the very essence of the ideal marriage it is always like that so calm so seraphic the touch is perhaps a little sentimental but it comes from the heart my friend it is false bianchi's exclamation did not seem intended to apply to what the other had been saying but to refer to something of which they had been previously speaking the organist tossed back his head covered with its mane of thick black hair and glared up at the organ-pipes above him as if they were so many demons sent for his destruction his companion plainly understanding his allusion eyed him queerly then shut his eyes and smiled very well then it is false but it is in the papers the papers what are the papers nothing but lies i tell you it is false then it is false only the people are here behold them for what then are they come is it for nothing how do i know for what they are come what do i care what is it to me it is to hear your pretty music they are come bianchi glared at him with a look of rage which was murderous in its intensity only its effect was lost since it happened that just at that moment the speaker was leaning as far back as he conveniently could with his eyes fast closed as if he were about to indulge in the luxury of a little doze all that you say is nonsense it is impossible she loves me i swear to it has she not given me the proofs those proofs what is it that you call proofs my friend they are enough for me i promise you and it is i who am the chief concerned and even if she did not love me she would have nothing to do with that lump of ice that frozen thing she has told it me a dozen times he is to her a wooden dummy she cannot bear to be left alone with him for a minute has she not said it with her own lips there never was a woman yet that lied she is not one of that sort i am sure besides is it not the common talk that she has refused him a hundred times she will not even look at or speak to him have i not seen her turn her head away when he came near refusing to answer treating him as if he were something worse than a dog and is it to be supposed that she would change her mind become another creature all in a moment and i know nothing no 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 it is false all that is in the papers it is false so you know best it is false that you have a mind at ease is plain that is why you play so very tenderly again the organist cast at the speaker a glance of murderous rage the effect of which again was lost and for the same cause as before as if in harmony with the condition of the performer's nervous system the instrument thundered out a tumult of sound which recalled the madness of a witch's sabbath the incongruity of the thing was noticed down below with what very odd music the gentleman upstairs is favouring us remarked pretty mrs pendleton to handsome young davis urquhart it seems hardly reminiscent of the voice that breathed o'er eden he's a married man that chap he sees with the prophetic eye he's giving us a forecast of what always does come after she tapped him on the shoulder with her gloved hand you always do know so much you boys it's a comfort to reflect that you know less as you grow older but what i want to know just now is where's the bride that is to be others were beginning to put the same inquiry here was the bridegroom and the wedding guests but where was the bride time was passing why did she still tarry even as the question fluttered from between mrs pendleton's lips it was answered the great doors at the end of the room were thrown wide open and through them there came a vision of youth and loveliness the bride that was to be had she purposely designed to choose the most effective fashion of making a dramatic entry she could scarcely 
have succeeded better her continued absence was on the point of becoming the topic of every tongue and behold she was a chorus of welcome went up on every side people hastened forward to give her greeting congratulatory words rained down on her most girls finding themselves received in such a manner at such a moment would have been disconcerted there was no appearance of anything of the kind about her she faced them as if she were a very queen as if in rendering her homage they were but giving her her due she advanced four or five steps towards the centre of the room and then stood still by all it was admitted that never had she looked more beautiful she stood quite straight as she always did one foot slightly forward her head thrown back her face looking a little up and in her glorious eyes a look which those who had sufficient penetration to observe such things found more than a trifle strange inscrutable indeed it was as though declared lady penelope merridew when all was over perhaps a little fancifully she saw something which we didn't see and never should see or ever could something which was inspiring her holding her up leading her on making her oblivious of the presence of any living creature except her own most lovely self in this latter statement of her ladyship's there was some truth she did appear unmoved by the throng which crowded round her not flatteringly unmoved it was only when the hero of the hour threaded his way through the eager little mob that she evinced any signs of interest at all but at sight of him all in a moment her face and throat were dyed a vivid red into her eyes there came a sudden recognition of things material the change was so marked that none could help but notice it reggie observed the honourable dudley fennel to mr fanshawe your information is all wrong put your money on some other filly this one will answer to every touch of steyne's hand upon the bridle she loves the very ground he walks upon reginald was staring with all his eyes as if bewildered i can't make it out there's some infernal jugglery there can be no sort of doubt about the jugglery and the name of the juggler's love don't you be a fool my boy and make a row because you're beaten you ought to know enough of the sex to be aware that a woman loves a man to-day because she didn't yesterday and that the more she didn't yesterday the more she does to-day it's a way the darlings have on my word i envy him so far as looks are concerned there isn't a girl about who can hold a torch to her and with all your granny's money stains is a man to whom the gods are going to be kind among those who were interested in the advent of the bride that was to be not the most backward was the organist his curiosity was unmistakable and of a peculiar kind some might have supposed that he would have greeted her appearance with some sort of musical salutation but no this gentleman had ways and manners of his own so soon as she appeared he stopped short in the hurricane hubbub in which judging from appearances he had been endeavouring to give vent to his emotions stopped short just as his fingers were about to press the notes in the middle of a bar he rose from his seat as if actuated by springs rushed to the edge of the gallery and leaning his body halfway over it stared at the young lady with might and main his companion leaning back in his own particular corner appeared to find his contact more and more amusing his whole body seemed shaken by silent laughter she does not see me she will not look at me her eyes are for all others no that is not it she sees me but it is as if i were some dead thing she makes no sign i am as nothing is it that she wishes me to understand that i am a thing despised is it so name of god is it so the excitable musician uttered these disconnected sentences in eager trembling broken tones as if they were merely the ejaculations of his troubled soul and were addressed to no one in particular his companion however 
chose to take them as if they were addressed to him his face as he replied was wreathed in smiles my friend is it that your mind is troubled not possible yours is a sure and a certain faith have you not the proofs well then what is in the paper is all false there is nothing that need cause you the least concern the organist turned upon him with a snarl like a savage cur for an instant it seemed as if he would assail him with physical violence but on a sudden the speaker opened his eyes as if he were drawing shades away from in front of them till they shone out of his head like two lighted lamps meeting the other's anger with a glance before which bianchi's eyelids were quickly lowered the old countess seated and stayed upon her dais deserted for the moment by the little throng who had gone to offer greeting to the maid whose presence they attended noticing that the instrument was on a sudden silent and that the organist had advanced to the gallery's edge beckoned a servant to her side go up and tell bianchi to keep on playing the servant went and presently there was another burst of tumult which if it was meant for music was distinctly not of the kind which soothes the savage breast amidst the din the earl and the lady advanced arm in arm towards the watchful dowager the others falling in on either side and behind so as to form a sort of impromptu retinue the old lady did not receive them with any special show of enthusiasm she looked the girl up and down appraisingly when she spoke her croaking tones seemed rustier than ever you've kept us waiting i suppose you think that's nothing after keeping me waiting all these years raising her ghoulish eyes she kept them fixed upon the other's features you're a lovely girl worth waiting for staines you've got the loveliest girl in all the world for wife there isn't a woman in the room fit to touch the hem of her skirt this was pleasant hearing for those of the women who heard and by now they were all gathered closely round the dais glances of varying import were exchanged the old lady went on wholly indifferent to any impressions her words might have made she kept her eyes fixed upon the other's countenance kiss me a look of momentary indecision seemed to pass over the girl's face her skin seemed to whiten then moving a little forward she lightly brushed with her lips the withered cheek kiss me again the girl's lips perceptibly tightened again she hesitated then did as she had done before i'll be bound stains that she kisses you more warmly and takes longer at it the jay's kiss is like the touch of thistledown and gone before it's come kneel down in front of me you stand too high above me i cannot see you as i would i'm getting old this time without a moment's hesitation the girl did as she was bid she knelt holding the fingers of her two hands loosely intertwined come closer she went closer till her face was within a few inches of the dowager's the old woman regarded her for some seconds silently none of those who were looking on uttering a word when she spoke there was that in her creaking tones which struck an unsuspected note in the hearts of some of those who heard you're like a dream of my own youth i was pretty when i was young long time ago not so lovely as you no nor half you're beauty's queen a credit to the family but i was pretty in my way soft cheeks bright eyes and waving hair and as i look at you i seem to see myself again as i was when i was young she placed her hands upon the girl's shoulders who with an impetuous little burst threw her arms about her neck and kissed her with an ardour of which she could scarcely have complained on the score of coldness the action seemed to touch the old woman in a fashion which was not in keeping with her notorious character she touched the girl's hair lightly almost reverently with her tremulous fingers my child my child my child when you come so close to me i can see how beautiful you are then she broke into a strain which took those who knew her best completely by surprise 
god guard you and keep you from any more of the knowledge of evil than is good for you and give you joy with your husband and children who shall be more to you than mine have been to me and length of days so that when you reach my age you may have known less of life's bitterness than i have done and be a better woman at the end she turned to those who stood about her this is my grandchild maud as you all know well to whom may god grant wisdom i am going to give her all that i have so you may all take warning those who know me know that what i have said is said i never change my mind so from this time forth none of you need expect to receive from me one penny she is to marry Staines, so that she will be the head over all of you though you search the world you could not find one fitter as you all know it is the usage in our house that the head shall plight his troth in the face of all of us Staines, this is our betrothal ring with it i was betrothed and all the women who have been wives to the lord till the record of them's lost to you i hand it to use it in your turn she spoke with a certain dignity as if something of the decrepitude of age had dropped away from her in presence of her consciousness of the unique importance of the scene in which she figured she drew a ring from her shrivelled finger a single diamond set claw-like in a chaste band of time-worn gold the earl received it from her with a deep inclination of his head then turned to the girl who had already risen to her feet as he did so reginald fanshawe coming on to the platform addressed himself to the expectant lady pardon me i rather fancy there is something which you ought to miss suffer me for one moment to see your hand without waiting for the permission he requested he took her left hand and raising it in the air examined it with an eager scrutiny which presently changed to dissatisfied surprise he looked up at her as if puzzled to which she replied with a scornful stare in her voice there was a sarcastic intonation what's missing i was afraid you had lost your mother's ring yesterday it was not on your hand she held up the third finger of her left hand in the flesh of which was deeply set a plain gold ring that ring has not left my finger since it was first put on what's all this to do exclaimed the countess what's the matter with the man reginald take yourself away this hour is none of yours reginald obeying returned to dudley fennel's side you're a fool murmured sotto voce his sympathetic friend mr fanshawe frowned and muttered there's some infernal jugglery somewhere i'll swear to it now that that over-clever brother of yours has obscured himself for once went on the dowager it's for you Staines, to play well your part except the lady hildegard who stood a sufficiently truculent figure at the countess's side the earl and the maiden had the dais to themselves all eyes regarded them taking the lady's hand in his drawing it towards him he slipped the betrothal ring upon her finger saying in tones which rang out clearly through all the room with this ring i pledge to thee my plighted troth may god destroy me root and branch if while life is in you i take any but you to be my wife and the sharer of my bed and board it was the ancient form of words which had always been used on such occasions by the heads of his house there were not a few among those who listened who deemed them to be of a strength which it is as well for all our sakes is out of fashion stooping he kissed the ring then standing upright the lady's lips on which she burst out crying whereupon he put his arms about her and drew her to him none noticing that the organ had ceased to play and that the organist leaning over the gallery waved his arms in the air with frantic gestures as if beside himself with frenzy and that his companion holding him by the shoulders was exerting his strength to draw him back End of chapter ten